0: again thank you for being here thanks for this opportunity thank you for your generosity not just now but throughout the years you guys have been so kind to our family so grateful for that give honor to brother Grant sister Katrina as well so thankful for them and their family Uh, Just doing wonderful. So thankful for him. Praise the Lord. 1 Kings 22 and verse number 29. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself. And I will enter into the battle. But put thou on thy robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. But the king of Syria commanded his thirty And two captains that had rule over his chariots saying fight neither with small nor great save only with the king of Israel. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said surely it is the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him and Jehoshaphat cried out. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel that they turned back from pursuing him. And a certain man drew a bow at a venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Wherefore, he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, and the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians. And died at evening. And the blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. And there went a proclamation throughout the host about the going down of the sun saying every man to his city and every man to his own country. So the king died and was brought to Samaria and they buried the king in Samaria and one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria and the dogs licked up his blood and they washed his armor according unto the word of the Lord which he spake. That first verse says the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. Lord, I love you. I'm thankful for you. So thankful for this opportunity. God, tonight, I pray that you would move, God, that you would still my heart, that you would still my mind, that I might hear what your spirit would have me to say, and God, I pray, Lord, the same for those under the sound of my voice, God, that you would break up fallow ground, that you would increase our faith, that you would shake us if we need it, and God, I pray, wake us, Lord, we love you, we're thankful for you, God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would ring me out tonight for your glory, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Praise the Lord for his word. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. When I read those words, it jogged my memory. And you Bible readers will no doubt be able to partially or or maybe completely quote this verse out of Jeremiah. The eighth chapter in the 22nd verse, it says, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Praise God. I want to preach the Lord being my helper. Was there not a physician? Was there not a physician? I have a great burden for this tonight. I have felt this on me for about a month. And I pray that the Lord will help who he wants to help here And I pray that he'll draw us to an altar here tonight. Jeremiah asked a rhetorical question in that verse. He answers it by asking another question. Why then aren't you healed? Isn't there a physician there? Isn't there a balm there? Why aren't you healed then? The balm in Gilead, the the Bible doesn't discuss a lot of the origins, though it does call Jesus the balm of Gilead. It's one of his uh, nomenclatures there. But the balm of Gilead, I began to study this out and found somebody who is much smarter than me. Which is how I do most of my studying. I find somebody who's smarter than me that has studied it out and gives their sources and resources. And I dig through those things because they've collected it all for me. He said that the balm of Gilead came from a long distance away. It grew further east than where they were. And so they had to carry those trees a great distance and transplant them there. Uh, his name is Dr. Uh, Gardner Taylor. I don't know him, uh, but but man, I sure enjoyed his study on this. You see, these people that Jeremiah wrote about, they knew that he was not talking about a tree, They knew that he was waxing poetic and he was using it as a type of the Messiah that was to come. He was still 600 years off, but Jeremiah was telling them that there was one coming that would carry healing in his wings. Praise the Lord. It may have been a long distance off, but praise God, we live on this side of the Nativity. Thank God we live on this side of Calvary. Thank God we live on this side of the empty tomb where we know who Jesus is. And like my mother said tonight, we have a relationship with him we know who he is it came from a far distance it was an unattractive tree praise the lord you know even your mama has to tell you you're pretty right i don't know if if mary did that with jesus because he knew the word, he was the word, right? And I know, and he, he, he wasn't bothered maybe by some of the things that we get bothered by. But, but the Bible says in Isaiah, talking about the Messiah to come in, in chapter 53, that he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. As a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. What a, a, a prophetic uh, utterance about the Messiah. That he was not going to be some Adonis that came into this world. And people were drawn to him by his good looks. Can all the unattractive people say amen. There tonight I've got something in common with Jesus. He, he was unattractive but he still was the balm of Gilead the Bible or rather the the study said that the healing wasn't in the leaves of the tree or the branches of the tree but it was inside of the tree and you had to pierce the tree to get the resin to flow out Oh, how how much does that sound like our savior when they pierced that tree the inky resin would run out of it no wonder Jesus is called the balm of Gilead Isaiah 53 in verse number 5 says he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his strife we are healed aren't you thankful for the balm of Gilead that you know it's not something you carry around in a container it's not something you go to your physician and get a prescription for but it's somebody that you can whisper his name and you know that he's in the room with you wherever you whisper God is there I'm thankful for the balm of Gilead oh so grateful for Jesus Christ and this I know I know if you'll get I'm not taking too many liberties here I'm gonna bring it back around but Ahab was in Ramoth Gilead he was in a place where the bomb was accessible there. But he steadfastly, we read about it tonight, he refused any physician. He rejected God. We know the story of Ahab and Jezebel. How they were wicked and how they served their flesh and how they went a-whoring after idols and they led Israel to do the same. Oh, a wicked time in Israel's history. And and those two are synonymous with wickedness. Ladies, if somebody calls you a Jezebel, that ain't a compliment, right? And and I tell you, men, if somebody calls you Ahab, it ain't a compliment. There. they're not talking about the captain going after the white whale they're talking about the ahab in the bible there is something so unattractive about these two people spiritually oh how they fought against god how they went against his counsel and then they find themselves smack dab in a war right here in the scriptures that we read you know sometimes the wars that we fight are our fault I tell you, that's not popular nowadays. We, we're supposed to go to a counselor and get them to blame it on everybody in our past. But, but sometimes the wars that we fight are our fault. At other times they are just part of the process of life. We've seen people in our family that have have passed away in elder years and in younger years as well. In our church, we've seen it where it is the process of life that happens. Sometimes wars aren't our fault. They're just part of life. Yes, it rains on the just and the unjust, the Bible says. But still at other times, wars are spiritual in nature. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, the Bible says, but against principalities and powers. We wrestle against things of spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle against those things. And it's time that the church acknowledges that some... fights are spiritual. I I, I feel like there's a balance to this thing. We get on that pendulum, all of us do, and we swing way one direction or way the other. But when we fight some things, we've got to recognize that there's an enemy of our soul that desires to carry us down to hell. That desires to war against us. So we will lose faith in Christ. So that faith will be eroded away. And so we will become a We will fall away from the faith. But I want to encourage you tonight. I believe there is a great war raging in this day and age. I believe we're going to see it hotter than any other generation has seen it before Jesus comes back. But praise God, we don't war as those in the world war. We don't war as those that are fighting without the helper. We have the balm in Killian. Somebody needs to get their faith resurrected tonight and know that God is with you in the fight. He's with you in the fight. God help us. What 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 did, what did Ahab do? What did he do when you get to this point of his life and I think oh how sad is his story. How sad is his story that, that he knew he could have known All that the godly kings known. He could have walked after them, but he fought against God. His whole life, his whole kingdom, he fought against God. Why would you do that? I want to tell you what not to do in war. You see, he did in verse number 29, he went up to Ramoth Gilead. He withstood the word of God he withstood the word of God if I would have taken the time we could have went back and heard what the prophet said to him there's a lying spirit on him, and they came and they said go up you're going to win this battle but there was Jehoshaphat didn't feel easy in his spirit he said there's something wrong with that isn't there anybody else Ahab goes yeah there's Micaiah over there if I'm pronouncing his name right and, 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 and he's over there but he don't ever tell me anything good he always tells me something bad well Dummy, if you'd quit going against God, He could tell you something good. He He said He said, well, bring him out here. Let him hear what let let him say what God would say. And he said this these words. He said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, these have not a master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And there, I, I tell you, He closed His. E- ears to the word of God many are doing that in the day and age that we live in and then they say is there not a physician why isn't God moving for me well they're withstanding the word of God they're closing their ears to God's word he not only withstood the word of God but he worked against the uh, the will of God, verse number thirty. When he heard that he was going to die according to that prophet, he throws the prophet in prison, and he says he says you're you're stuck in there until I come back. And 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 that prophet, just like a good old sarcastic prophet, he said, "Well, I'm stuck in here then, boy, because because you're fixing not to come back. Can you tell somebody if you die to let me out? That's just my paraphrase. All right, that ain't KJV. But but it, there it." was. He withstood it. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to disguise myself. I'm going to disguise myself. He closed his ears to the word of, of the Lord, but then he conspired against the king of Judah. He disguised himself. He said, I'll keep a low profile and let the other king be the main target. Oh, the enemy of God will do that. He will try to conspire and put people that are living closer to God, maybe not perfect people, that, but are wanting to please God. He'll say, hey, they can be out there in the front to get wounded. But then thirdly here, he withdrew himself when he was wounded. Oh, this is what not to do while you're in war. This is what I felt like preaching All that was foundation, Lord, help us. Verse 34, he said, turn thy hand and carry me out of the host. See, the Bible teaches that he concealed himself until he died. He stayed up in his chariot. You know, sometimes you don't see the wound coming. Sometimes life is going just peachy. And then the wound comes out of nowhere. That's how it happened For at King Ahab, he was waylaid by an unknown warrior. It said a certain man drew a bow at a venture. He was wounded by an unaimed weapon. You see, God's will will ultimately be accomplished. You can fight against God's will all you want, but God's will will be accomplished. I'm telling you, His ultimate will. His ultimate will will come to pass. You see, He thought, I can hide myself. I can dress down. They won't even know that I'm in the battle. But there was an arrow that had the same hand of God on it that David Stone had. They drew it back at a venture. That means they didn't even aim it. They, y'all, all you boys with the bow and arrow have done the exact same thing. And hopefully not hit a car or a house or, or, or a Lord, help us. Well, you just draw it back as far as you can. Well, don't let that hand go. You let the other hand go and you see how far that arrow will go. Uh, This man was out there and he had a few extra arrows, I guess. And he said, I'm going to let it go. And he let it go. The Bible says that it flew and it hit him at such a point that there was no armor there. Only God. Only God. You see, God's will again will ultimately be accomplished. It will be accomplished. But then thirdly, he was worsened by an undiscerning well-wisher. He said to his chariot driver, turn thy hand. Turn thy hand. See, it matters who you allow around you. When you're during the war. When you're in the war. He was enabled to bleed out by someone that was supposed to be on his side. Can I tell you tonight that just because someone is nice to you. Does not mean that they are good for you. So and so is not for me because they aren't letting me have my way. It might just be that so and so is for you. And they want your end to be better than what you're making it. If you'll listen to the word of God. God, if you'll heed godly counsel, maybe you won't bleed out here tonight. There are people that believe. I'm telling you as a pastor, I have found this to be true. That when you speak harshly or you preach harshly, that you are against them. But there are times that you must come and you must come against even things that people are doing that you love. And you desire them to do better. So you've got to say the hard thing. Some of you young people People in here. I might think your parents are against you here tonight, but let me tell you, it might be hard words, but it's born from a place of love if they're godly people. It's born from a place that wants you to do better. Do better he was worsened by an undiscerning I don't know why I feel like just sinking the plow deeper here tonight worsened by somebody that was his well wisher I have seen it over and over again I have seen it over and over again where people don't get the counsel that they want from the first source I've I've, I've given people counsel and they've went and found other people that will tell them what they want to hear, what they already agree with so that they can go on in what they want to do. But I'm telling you, that'll lead to a bleed out if you're not careful. That'll lead to an anemic faith without power. I want to encourage you tonight. Watch out who you allow in your chariot. Watch out. Watch out. There are people that are hitching up. They're hitching up. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about they're coming together with people that are not good for them spiritually. And it is, it is cursing their soul. There are people that are watching, preachers even, that are not good for them spiritually. They're uh, 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 taking in things. That make them feel good. Make them have goosebumps on their backbone. But they're getting farther away from God. Can I encourage you today. Don't be like Ahab. Don't withdraw from a church that knows you and loves you. Don't withdraw from a pastor that prays for you. Don't withdraw from godly friends and family that love you and want to see you serve God and want to see you make heaven your home. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but there is a danger when you withdraw when you're wounded. Is there no balm in Gilead, Ahab? Is there no physician there? Oh, the war. The war was his fault. And he took the punishment of God. We knew it was coming because God sent his man to tell him what was coming. But there was another king in that battle. There was the king, Jehoshaphat. A man that was not perfect. But he was... At times serving the Lord at the best of his ability. He knew something was checking him. When all those many prophets were telling King Ahab. Hey this is what you're going to do. You're going to win again King. And he said In there's there somebody else. There was enough of God in him that are on him. That he knew this wasn't right. What they were saying ain't right. So, so he gets out in that battle. Ahab tells him his line. Oh, I want you to have the preeminence in this battle. You're the commander in chief here. And as soon as those enemy archers and charioteers and cavalry and and infantrymen started after him. He had his chariot driver turn his hand as well. Uh, You see him. The Bible says these words. Let me find it here. It says... And they turned to fight because they thought it was the king of Israel. And the Bible says only these words here. Jehoshaphat cried out. Jehoshaphat cried out. I know he didn't go over to a, 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 a balm of Gilead tree. And stick his knife in it. And get that balm out on his hands. But man when he cried out. God heard him. God heard him. You see, Jehoshaphat was in a war that he had no business being involved in. He was fighting with an ally that he should have known by his ally's life and what he had allowed into his kingdom. He should not be with him. You understand? Are y'all awake here tonight? All right, I'm in the north. When I preach out, most of the time it's in the south. And you just raise your voice and they get excited, all right? Y'all are listening, I know it. Just getting a little insecure up here, all right? (laughs) Praise the Lord. there, there, There was a man there that was dressed in his kingly garments, but he was fleeing for his life. He was fleeing for his life. He was running away. You see the king of Judah here, he had the wrong address. He was in a battle that he should not have been in. He was with the wrong associates. He was with the wicked king and men that were worshipping Baal. He had the wrong accoutrements on his body. He was dressed as a king when he needed to come to the king of kings as a pauper and say, God will you help me? But he knew what to do in his moment of need. Can I tell you, this evening church, I felt like coming Uh, about a month ago as I was praying in our sanctuary. I felt this word drop in my spirit for Broadway Assembly church there is a physician I'm not asking is there not a physician there is a physician and what the enemy will want you to do is harden your heart and withdraw away from God but there's a physician that has all power in his hand and he wants to draw you to himself he knew what to do he didn't forget the physician he cried out he cried out What if he would have said, no, I'm the king. I can't cry out. I got to drive into him. I don't want my men to lose heart. I don't want them to say, oh, there's no hope. The king is running for his life. Uh, What if he would have thought that in himself? If he would have kept that mask up? It's fixing to be mask up season again as we get closer to election season. It's fixing to be that time again. But I tell you what, there's a bunch of folks that have been wearing masks for a long time. I say it all the time until I'm almost embarrassed about it. But people have been wearing masks to church for decades and decades. It didn't start with COVID. Some of the very people who are the maddest about the masks include, Covid are the ones who've been wearing masks in the figurative for longer than that. I tell you tonight, you need to be. Don't get on the political train with me. I'm mean enough tonight to come and find you. There is something inside of me that says the church has to unmask. I'm not talking about an N95. I'm talking about a fake spirit that says everything's okay with me when it ain't. Oh, churches are plagued by it. They're plagued by it. Who am I preaching to tonight? Churches are plagued by it. They, they come to church. They force a smile. They'll throw their hand up. But nothing changes. I want to tell you there's a God. There's a God that wants to get into contact with you. And change your life. Take the mask off. Somehow the enemy found out. And he was not King Ahab. Somehow, how do you think that happened? They didn't have binoculars. They didn't have these high-priced weaponry. They didn't have a helicopter with a big old expensive camera that could zoom in on my nose hairs. They didn't have none of that. What did they have? Huh? I believe God said, hey, that's not the one you want. I got an arrow over here. You can quit chasing him. When he cried out, even the enemies didn't want to kill him anymore. Wait a minute. They were just fighting him. They were just coming against him. He was one of their enemies. The, the, the friend of my enemy is my enemy, right? That's what Sun Tzu said. There is something that miraculous that happened when Jehoshaphat cried out. God heard his cry and answered his prayer. I tell you, church, there's some folks that need to cry out again. You've lost hope in your situation. You've lost hope for your children. You've lost hope for your spouse. You've lost hope with that sickness in your body. But I believe God sent me by here tonight to say, cry out to me again. Cry out to me again. The Bible says in 2 Peter 2 and 9, Mandy, babe, if you could come to the piano. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation <laughs> and to preserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished I ain't gotta battle my enemy myself why? cause the battle is his vengeance is mine, I will repay you ain't gotta got spend all your energy worried about your enemy you cry out to God. God will hear you. And he will take care of it in his time. Hallelujah. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. And the, NASB, the NASB says that this. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from a trial. <laughs> trial that word there in the original is pyrosmos it means a putting to proof a putting to proof trial a putting to proof adversity in your life the bible says the lord knows how to rescue the godly from adversity what are you facing in your life (laughs) Some of you came in here with a broken heart tonight. (laughs) A broken heart. Let me tell you, you do not have to withdraw when you're wounded in war. You don't have to withdraw. You have a God that knows how to deliver you. Trust in His Word. Follow His will. And He is able to heal even the worst wounds Is there no balm in Gilead? Yes there is. His name is Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There is a balm in Gilead. There is a balm in Gilead. There is a balm in Gilead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Lord. You know, Lord. There is a balm in Gilead. The Bible says in Matthew 1 and 21... He shall save his people from their sins. He shall save his people from their sins. J.C. Philpott said this, There is more in the balm to heal than there is in guilt to wound. For there is more in grace to save than there is in sin to destroy. Listen to me. Focus in here on the Lord and what he would say to you tonight. There's a balm in Gilead. There's a balm in Gilead. You've covered it up long enough. You've covered it up Long enough. Church, stand with me, if you will. Once you reach up toward heaven, feel after God for a moment. Pray with me. Pray with me. Seek after the Lord. Seek after the Lord. Be sensitive to the Lord this evening. Lord, God, you're moving. God, you're speaking. God, I believe god i believe there's not one but many that came in the house tonight and they've been trying to carry it in their self they've taken it to you over and over but they carry it right back out with them the heaviness lord in their heart is mashed by a smile is masked by faithful church attendance, is masked by coming to the altar. But there is a weight. God, I pray that, Lord, you will meet them at this altar tonight as they humble themselves before you. God, they don't have to carry it by themselves. In the name of Jesus, they don't have to carry it by themselves. In June this year. Thursday night of of Granite City. I might have told you all this story already. I don't know if I have. Thursday night. I got a phone call right before service. That changed our family's life. We had a man that lived across the street from us. He's a dear friend. Of ours, we invited him into our house every Wednesday. He ate dinner with us. He was our adopted grandpa, is what we called him. Love him, still love him to death. He was acting funny for a few weeks before that. We've been so busy this year. And uh, I got the call from my mother in law. That, that said uh, that he had right before a Thursday night service we weren't in town said he had, uh, he had gotten news that he had cancer real bad and told us he didn't tell us everything but he uh, took his life within sight of our sanctuary I can when I preach I can look out the window and see his house love that man came to our church for six months we were too loud for him but I was too loud for him but he heard the truth every, every Sunday morning Thursday night I look out the window I could see his barn where it happened man we got that call 14 hour drive home from Sunset Hills we cried the whole way Kids didn't know that it ended how it ended until the last few weeks. We finally told them they didn't understand why we were so sad. Oh, but man, I remember mounting the pulpit that Sunday when we got back. Oh, trying to act like everything was okay because I have a church to pastor. I have people to love on. I got people that are addicted to drugs coming to my church. Counsel them every week. Pray with them every week. Smell the odor of drugs in our sanctuary. It's the most beautiful smell in the world to me because I know they're where they can get help at. Now broken. Trying to preach. But God, I have not known what to do. My wife and I got home that Friday night, late 10 o'clock, we went to the end. I haven't told nobody this. Went to the end of our driveway, which is facing his. We share mailboxes. We just looked at his house. We walked to his driveway and stood and wept. I don't know how long we were out there, but we wept and wept. Tell you, there are times in your life when you need the Palm of Killian. You need the balm of Gilead. And I know I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. I know whatever you think of me. You you know me better than most. So you might not think that much of me. But I need the balm of Gilead in my life. You've come week after week. You've said, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Nobody needs to know. I can carry this in my own strength. Let me tell you something. God wants to be in it with you. You don't have to bleed out in the chariot. You don't have to bleed out in the chariot. Church, I want you, if you feel the need to come and pray, I want you to step out. Come and pray. There's folks that are hurting. This is part of pulling off the mask. I don't believe in making altar calls easy anymore. I don't. We've done it too long. Who wants to step out and say, I've come week after week, pretending like everything's okay. I'm going to tarry. I ain't any more uncomfortable than anybody else. Who needs to respond to the balm of Gilead today? Who, Who says, I need to step out? I'm hurting. I'm hurting. And I've been going through this. I've been trying to carry it there's there's one two there's one you won't be the only one now take that mask off and say God I need you I need your help I need your help there's more there's more if the spirit of God lets me he's checking me right now but I'll come out and I'll get you and I'll bring you <laughs> Wish I could have preached something that had us swinging from the chandeliers here tonight. But there's a balm. There's a balm. When you're hurting, when that loss is years ago, you say, I should be over it by now. There's a balm. There's a balm that's enough for your wound. If you'll come tonight and be honest before God, He'll save you. He'll help you tonight. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Church, won't you come now? If you don't need to pray for yourself, if you do, find a place to pray. But if you don't need to pray for yourself, find somebody. Let the Spirit lead you to somebody to pray for. And ask God to touch them. Let them know that you're not the one in the chariot that's pulling them away from help. But you're, you're coming. In Jesus' name.
1: Tschüss.